Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome in. Good evening. It's Jesse After Dark. We are live. Everywhere you can be live. Uh, Steve Willis, Jeb Beecham. And know that it's not a glitch in your screen. That is the one, the only, Thomas. What's up, boys? Good All evening. Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, doing good, guys. How y'all? Man, we're good. We're good. Let to see you actually in the flesh here instead of in our chat. So if you're not in the chat, who's going to be? Well, it's 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 alive and ready for you, uh, ready to rock and roll. So we got an action-packed show. We're going to recap the week eight, um, Tennessee, Alabama, uh, LSU, Ole Miss. We'll, we'll, we'll briefly talk about those games. Uh, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party is happening. Uh, there's this thing called baseball. Yeah, they're still playing that thing. Um, we'll also talk about Ole Miss-Auburn. And our picks. Yeah, that's what we do. Picks. picks. So, uh, Steve, looks like Ole Miss found themselves a little bit of defense, huh? Yeah, um, I, I just, um, I sent a message to Jake Crane of the J Boy Show that just said, "Uh oh, we play defense now," and it just, just kind of a funny response, um, going yeah. back and forth because we talked before the season, like, look at Ole Miss's defense. Let Hypothetically, if I told you Ole Miss's defense was ranked 60th in the country, where would you put them? And it was north of um, 10 10 and 2 at that point. And Mm -hmm. this is a team, they get past Auburn Saturday, which Auburn's a good team. There's a chance Auburn can win that game. But if they do that, Ole Miss doesn't leave the state of Mississippi again. Their only other road game will be the Egg Bowl. So just kind of an interesting situation. Absolutely, and they looked uh, they looked damn good doing it. And I don't care how down LSU is; that's an important game for both of these teams. And for Ole Miss to win in the fashion they won in is is just impressive. And you know, glad to see them get kind of back in their groove because they kind of lost it there for a minute. Even though they won a few games, they didn't look like they, they didn't look like the Ole Miss team that they looked like earlier in the season, where it was just kind of that explosive, just blitzkrieg type offense. They struggled a little bit against Tennessee, played a played a tight one against, you know, a team that everybody thought was going to finish dead last or close to it in, in the East, which Tennessee has definitely uh, definitely improved on that. Um, and uh, they, they've definitely surprised me a little bit. Uh, not surprising long term, but surprising how fast they've kind of risen to that level of play. Yes. And also, before we get going into whatever's going on, um, basically comment on your live stream. The bot will put it in the chat window that you can see over to the left and we will try to interact with you. Um, basically, we're it also I just wanted to look about the echo channels. 
But you can see us on the Tide Talk podcast stream. You can see us on the Biscuits and SEC stream. And you can see us on the Believe in Georgia Dogs stream as awesome. well as the rest of them. So the chat is integrated in there as well. So come see us. Yes. Come interact. Stacy's here. Cassidy's here. Um, we're, uh, we got a whole party here in the chat. Jake is live with us. He's in the fourth box, uh, where we usually have tweets after dark. Jake, you're much more interesting than tweets after dark. So I just got to say that, um, Bama, Bama, Tennessee, that game started out kind of nerve wracking. What do you think, Jake? How, how did, how did you feel going into that one and progressing through it? Yeah, it was a, it was a fun game starting out, you know, uh, T- Tennessee went up a little bit early and I was like, my gosh, it's shades of A&M again, you know, um, and Hendon Hooker, you know, no, no offense to Calzada, Hendon Hooker's a better quarterback, but I didn't, we didn't exactly know how, how healthy he was going to be coming in, but I mean, he was like doing like flint flips or something like, you know, pregame. So I was like, okay, he, if he's doing that, that he's fine. So, uh, yeah. But you know, uh, and I, I did. I did realize, or I, I had a feeling that later in the game, like third, fourth quarter, the depth situation would come and be be a huge advantage towards Alabama, and it showed. You know, it just wore, wore Tennessee down. They they don't have a lot of debt right now. They got a lot of guys hurt. Like me and Jet was talking before the show, they got a lot of players who shouldn't be playing, should be resting, but. They're hurt, so they got to play, you know, because they have nobody to step in. So I kind of had a feeling that was going to uh, ha- happen later in the game. So I'm just glad we got got a good win out of it. And, uh, you know, we get an off week to kind of sell the nerves and uh, mm-hmm. get – we got LSU coming up. So I know them them tie guys, they're going, they're going to be ready to go if they have a team to play after everything we saw today, what Ed o, uh, Eddie O said. Go, go Tigers. Yeah. Yeah. That That is called mailing it in. I don't want to practice today, so we're too hurt. <laughs> yeah. That's called I'm gone anyway, and yeah. they're definitely not going to hire me this time. <laughs> That's right. the interim, no matter how good I do. So, eh, you guys want the day off? Okay. All right. Although interim ed is the best ed. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Old interim ed. So, <laughs> Intermed wasn't uh Intermed was absent from the game against Ole Miss. That's mm. for sure. Um yeah. that he didn't he did not show up there. But uh yeah, I, I was uh I was I was impressed with Ole Miss. I was impressed with Tennessee. They they were able to push the field vertically, which I haven't seen a team do that to Alabama in quite some time. Like really push the field vertically that often. I mean, yeah, AM did it some, but you know, Tennessee, I think. Was able to was able to really put a lot of pressure on him vertically, and that that was uh, that was impressive to see. Um, and, and Tennessee, man, I just you know when they get some horses, man, they're going to be dangerous. I love the way they play. I love the style they play. I hate to say that. I'm, I'm going to have to turn in my dog card. I'm I'm, I'm afraid <laughs> if I keep if I keep talking nice about Tennessee, um, but I can't help it, man. Josh Heifel's doing a great job there. It really is. Um, I, I, I am genuinely looking forward to watching Tennessee play each week because of their styles. They've got that Bob Sheep style on the defensive side of the ball mm-hmm. to complement the – we're just going to call it the Baylor offense. It's like the closest relative to um, Wayne Kiffin um, yeah. and Kendall Bryles is, is that Tennessee offense. 
And it just meshes well. You can see how the defense is built for explosives to get the ball back to the offense. And the offense is supposed to hit you quick. So it's supposed instead of a death by a thousand cuts, it's supposed to just bludgeon you to death like over a, like a basketball-style run that Tennessee is going to be capable of doing. And in the future, they will be. If they will leave Josh Heupel alone, he is the right guy to do it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they look like in the coming years. Jeff, yeah. your microphone is messed up, brother. We can't hear you. <laughs> Je- Jeb has probably delivered the best soliloquy like three times, and we can't hear him. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah, okay. Apparently, I turned it off. That's uh, something you don't want to do in the middle of a broadcast, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that's frowned upon. Yeah, we are SEC after dark. This that's is right. high-quality H2O. Yeah, absolutely. So I got the Braves game going right now uh, in the yeah. background on my cellular device. And uh, Braves are down 5-2 in the bottom of the fifth. Thanks for the updates on the chat as well. Max Free just did not get off to a good start. Uh, for for the Bravos. Hey, can uh, somebody but, tell me when Houston joined the American League? I've I've brought this up like three times. When did this happen? You few several years ago. They've been in there yeah. for a while now. They started out as American League bottom feeders. Yeah. And then they collected all this talent and uh they bought Lowe's out of uh trash cans, apparently, and uh <laughs> cheated their way to a World Series. Apparently it was twenty thirteen to answer your question. Okay, oh, 2013. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because uh, I'm just sitting here looking at it. It's like, what's going on? I, I remember when these guys were playing the Mets and the NLCS with Mike Scott and Nolan Ryan. You know, I, I remember that vividly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, I quit caring really about baseball after 94. Um, that strike just killed me. It's getting good. The last couple of years, it's been really – last three years, it's been really, really good, really competitive. Lots of young talent. There's some. There's starting to be some swagger a little bit with with the game. Some of the young players are bringing that, like the the uh, the bat flips and the stare downs and the just the just having fun and screwing the old school uh, unwritten rule book. Just throwing that right out the window. It's it's fun to see. Like Tatis is. I love I, I love watching him play. And a lot of people are like, yeah, he's too cocky now. We need that. People say that about Acuna too, but I mean. And talking about it's getting interesting. Ever since the Braves finally started winning and winning divisions again, it's when it become fun for me again. Because <laughs> they had <laughs> some terrible years. They did. They really but, did. They had some really, really lean years. And it I made me really that. hate the hate the Nationals. It grew yes. my hatred oh, for the Nationals. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, it, it's a sport that's kind of been on the decline a little bit. So I agree. I like this uh, this new attitude being brought to it. I think it's mm-hmm. going to help their ratings a lot. But it's a sport I grew up watching, so I love it, and I, I want to see. I want to see it survive. Absolutely, yeah. And I think it will. I just think they need some things to make it a little bit more watchable on TV, and I think it'll be good. But this isn't MLB After Dark. This isn't World Series After Dark. <laughs> um, this is SEC After Dark. So, um, anything else from around college football that stood out to you from Week Eight? I know the SEC slate wasn't that wasn't that great, but um, any any other games stand out? Like the uh, Iowa State Oklahoma State game was fun to watch. Uh, our future uh, conference mates Oklahoma almost went down to Kansas. That one yeah, that, was that's that's what I want to talk about. Let's do a little Big Twelve after dark. All right. yes. this, is, this is something that's just driving me absolutely crazy. 
Caleb Williams almost loses to Kansas, makes one play where he has no idea if that's legal or not. He just decided to make a play. In my opinion, he would have made that same play there as he would have passed the line of scrimmage. Um, and they're talking about him like he should win the Heisman for beating Kansas. What's up with yeah. that? Mm-mm. What's up with that is that we don't have a really true uh, Heisman candidate that people want to get behind. People don't want to admit that Matt Corral is the best player or Jordan Davis is the best player in the entire country. People don't want to admit that. So Probably they're Sean. trying to, yeah, they're trying to, they're trying to grasp it at something. And Caleb yeah. Williams making that play seems to be it. Yeah, it was, it was a fourth down play against Kansas. If you don't get that, you lose the game to Kansas. That's embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Kansas, who is like a banana peel away from being Vanderbilt. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's so bad. Vandy's so bad. <laughs> oh, gosh. If you listen to the Believe in Vanderbilt football podcast with uh, Matt Perkins and Ryan Seymour, they've already, they're already out on Clark Lee, by the way. They're already... It's already Clark Lee ain't the guy. Yeah, it feels it feels a little Orgeron like watching him coach. They're, they're they're doing some some silly things. Some silly yeah. things. We'll be nice about it and say they're doing some silly things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and Iowa State finally playing like the Iowa State that we expected them to play like. Mm-hmm. Um, and Oklahoma State doing Oklahoma State things where you know they finally get in a big situation and they lose. So the Big 12 is going to be interesting coming down the stretch. Uh, I don't think there's a favorite in that conference, is there? Probably. If, if you made me pick one team today who's going to be the favorite in that conference, I would take Baylor. I would too. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess you're right. Mm-hmm. I, guess, I guess that leaves you with the Bears. The Bears. Mm-hmm. And I, Dave, I, I, I Dave Aranda is quietly doing a great job. Do you think he come? Do you think he comes back to LSU? It possibly. No. I th- I don't I, know. Yeah, I, I, he's very straight laced. He's a, the anti Ed, and everybody. The way things are going, they they have put built a mental statue to him, and that is something that is going to eventually come into play in this LSU search. Yeah. Um, Will Anderson. Yes, I, I, I could. I'll throw him in the list. Um, the only reason I say Jordan Davis is because as big as he is, as, as quick as he is, as dominant and havoc wreaking as he is, um, yeah, it's hard to quantify sometimes with a defensive tackle. Um, but he definitely passes the eye test. So uh, there's lots of people, but there's not that one standout guy that you're like, yeah, he's the Heisman. Everybody's catching him. So. Um, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party a game that I've been to uh, 10 times. Um, and I'm probably, probably not invited back because I'll George only won two of those. Uh, <laughs> ten. Um, that, that happened. Uh, the Spurrier and urban Meyer though. I mean, you can't hold that against you. It's not a superstition I, thing. Well, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't go during the Spurrier days. Oh, I went during the, uh, my first game was the, the Zucker. Oh, Ron Zook. Yeah. Couldn't beat him. Couldn't get past his teams. Um, 2004 was a fun one. And yeah, that was, that one was a fun one. Um, but yeah, Urban Meyer, just three years in a row, just ate our lunch. Uh, 07 was, was a fun one. 
Um, that was uh, that was good. Those were my two wins, but um, a very very fun matchup. You know, it's a, it's a unique one where literally the stadium is split in half. Like you know, with some of these neutral sites, you get these. You know, you get mixed mixed crowds, and you know, you get pockets of red, pockets of blue. You know, all that stuff. This one, it's literally, and you can see the split. It's 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 very fascinating. It's like boom, red all the way around, boom, blue and orange all the way around, and you see the you see the jagged split line uh, between each upright, and it's 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 pretty cool atmosphere. And every single year, one side is full, one side is empty, and it's 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 unique. Um, there's a lot of debate on whether that game should stay in Jacksonville. I want to get you guys' opinion on that, outsiders' opinions. Should it stay in Jacksonville or should it be a home-and-home? Home? It should absolutely be home-and-home. And, home. and I say that as somebody that Ole Miss-Mississippi State game used to be in Jackson every year until like 1992 or 1991. Um, and moving it back to campus, A, it would help Georgia out um, more than you know more than you even realize what's going on. Um, and B, it's going to just create a better um, atmosphere. Yeah, it will. Um, you know, every other year you get that home field. And I think Jacksonville – I think – Jacksonville. I think uh, – like we're talking about the Jaguars here. Uh, I, I think Florida said they wanted to keep it on their turn in Jacksonville um, if they if they still moved it to a home and home, which I'd be fine with, but I want that game to be played in Athens every other year, um, just so we can, you know, we get Florida back up on campus and, you know, just make that a really really big home game every other year. I think that builds excitement uh, for for recruiting and all that stuff, and with, with the atmosphere that that we have up in Athens, I, I think it I think it just and the atmosphere they have in the swamp too, I think it should should be a home and home, and if Florida wants to play it in Jacksonville, so be it, but. Um, you know, I, I think I think you have two great atmospheres in in, in the swamp and, and Athens. So, yeah, and and think about this: players for Georgia, like Herschel Walker, never got to play in the swamp. Yeah. Players, players like um, Tim Tebow, never got to play between the hedges. That's that's an experience that all players should probably have. Nobody wants to play in the Gator Bowl or whatever they're calling that now. Nobody wants to play in Jacksonville Stadium. You don't want to be known as like the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hey, we, we played there. No, it, it, it's a cop-out designed from old-school rules. We need to go back to home and home. No conference games need to be neutral site. And that goes for Texas A&M Arkansas as well. I agree. Yeah, that goes for that goes for anybody trying to trying to play that stuff. I mean, I get these kickoff classics and hmm. all that stuff, and I don't know if you if you want a Jacksonville game for for the uh, for the South Georgia Dogs, play somebody neutral down there in Jacksonville, or you know, or just have them go to these neutral side games. I, I don't know. I don't know what you want me to say, but you know, I, I think it's time. You know, I, I think they've had it in Jacksonville since 1933, um, outside of the two years where they uh, tore down the Gator Bowl and built. Whatever they call this place now, uh, MNT, no, uh, Altel Stadium or uh, e- ERJ uh, and, and Associates Stadium. I don't know what they call this thing anymore, but um, whatever they call it, it needs to not host a Georgia Florida game every year. And the, the Cotton Bowl needs to not host uh, the Red River Shootout either. Like, I think that's, I think it's time. Yeah. I think it's time for, for, for DKR to host Oklahoma. I think and it's I'm not- time. For the dogs yeah. to play in the swamp, 
Yeah, I'm not against neutral site games. Alabama can play Miami to open the season in Atlanta. That's fine. I have no issue with that. Ole Miss opened up with um, Florida State on Orlando um, in like 2016. Those are fine. Let that be the neutral site game. Let that be the way that bowls supplement their revenue for the year and have that in there. But conference games absolutely should be home and home. Georgia doesn't Georgia doesn't deserve to lose a home game because they have to play one in uh, in Jacksonville, at, yeah. which is essentially a Florida home game because it's 50-50 split. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I, I get it. It's unique. It was cool for a little while, but it, it's just time. It's time. Um, and, and the fact that we're having such a heavy debate on this means this game's probably not going to be too exciting this year. Um, they've, they've got a uh, – well, both teams have a quarterback – I don't want to say controversy, but both teams are very, very indecisive on who they want to play at quarterback. Uh, Georgia trying to figure out if JT Daniels is healthy enough. And if he's healthy enough, absolutely he needs to be. He's QB1. He's QB1 for a reason. He has a higher ceiling than Stetson. Stetson is amazing. But again, like I keep saying – We've seen the limitations on Stetson. Stetson's a great spot starter. Stetson's a great, you know, start two or three games for you and be spectacular. But we saw what he did over the course of a long stretch of the season. By the time he got to that Alabama game, they figured him out. Like Stetson is is going to get you to a certain point. I think JT can can get you past that certain point. Stetson can come in and, and give you things that JT can't and be a good supplemental piece. But as far as carrying a team, I think JT's got to be that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's a game. Um, we'll get to Jeb in just a second, real quick. Sorry about that, Jeb. That's no, all right. Um, I thought he cut a, his mic again. Yeah, um, Jeb. <laughs> yeah. Um, JT needs to be in there because it, this is about the playoff and the championship game. This is about the December on games, and JT gives you the best chance to win those games. Stetson Bennett can go twelve and zero in the SEC. He can win all of those games, but this is about the the games that are coming up in December and the SEC championship and the playoff. Absolutely, Jeb. What, what did you have? No, no, I agree. I agree. I, I think it's if JT Daniels he needs to get back in and, and get some playing time in. And it's you know Florida's a tough game. It's going to be a tough game, even if they are. Oh, is this up and down? Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're going to play the hardest in this game. But I think JT needs to he needs the reps. And he is your yeah. starter, like you said. He shouldn't lose it because of injury when he was playing well before. Mm-hmm. And Setson Bennett is he's good, but I think JT just looks better every time I've seen him play. I, I think he's got like you said, yeah. the higher ceiling. He's a guy yeah, you well, think you can really take off for you. When when healthy, that guy just has complete yeah. command of, of the offense. So um Cassie, to answer your question about why it's not, it, it's been a tradition since 1933. They've just, they've just always played the game in Jacksonville. Um, Dan Mullen is so overrated for whatever reason. I can't stand the guy. I think you know the reason, Stacy. He's just a weird, cocky, arrogant dude. Um, smug. Just, and speaking of which, I don't know why he doesn't know what he wants to do at quarterback. Like, AR-15? Yeah. Like, I mean, what what more like, what more do you need to see from Emory Jones? Like, what more do you need to see that he isn't the guy? It's like Josh Heupel figured it out with with uh, Joe Milton pretty quickly. Like, yeah, you ain't the dude. Uh, at what point do you not realize that Emory Jones is just a running back with a good arm? Yeah, like the dude cannot play the quarterback position at this level. It's okay. 
Dewan Mathis couldn't either. He's at Temple and he's flourishing. Uh-huh. Some people just get so caught up with that potential, that word potential. Yeah, it's, just, like, it's one of the worst words in sports, honestly. Yeah, it's okay, it, and and it's not a knock on Emory. It's just it is what it is. Like yeah. he can't like he's shown that he he cannot process the speed of the SEC. Yeah, you got it, fr- go he's ahead. got freshman he's got freshman corners picking him off from LSU who has mailed it in. <laughs> yeah, the problem is though that Anthony Richardson, as good as he is, doesn't necessarily take care of the ball. And because no, and of that, that's just youth. That's just yeah. youth. But I don't know if Dan Mullen can coach it out of him. Yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm losing confidence in his ability to do it because Kyle Trask changed everything last year. Dan Mullen's offense changed. Everything changed. And whenever it went back to the old Urban Meyer Mississippi State offense this year, you realize the game had changed and you needed that passing attack and the points and everything that goes into it. And I don't know if he is going to have the personnel to get back to that Kyle Trask system because of the AR-15, because of Emory Jones. He's kind of um, pigeonholed himself a little bit. Yeah, I mean, AR-15 is kind of on that. He throws it better. He's a little bit more accurate uh, than, than Emory Jones. Uh, you know, in, in, in a lot of a lot of his throws, but again, I, I think sometimes his confidence makes him make bad decisions and throw the ball in places that shouldn't be thrown. Um, but I, you know, you got to be able to take care of the ball at the end of the day. But I do think AR fifteen does give you the better chance to win. He is more dynamic. Um, he has a more live arm. His really good throws are a lot better than Emory Jones's really good throws. His bad throws aren't as catastrophic, um, and he's just an overall better quarterback. Now, is he at the level that is needed in today's college football? Probably not. Is he making a lot of youthful mistakes? Absolutely. How do you get around that? Well, his running game is actually pretty good. His running backs are actually – he's actually getting them involved now, which is something that I said that if he ever figured it out, uh, he might be pretty good. But now that he's got them going – now he can't get the passing stuff going. So it's he's kind of stuck in this like never-ending time warp or whatever you however you want to describe it. But he's too busy like talking about how good his team is, and he does like it's almost like he's got his head in the sand. That's that's how I feel about it. I don't know. Yeah, I agree with that um a little bit to a certain extent. And it's like I said, I, I just don't know if Dan Mullen's going to be able to pull back. Although I expect this weekend he's done well in big games. I do expect it, Georgia to get Florida's absolute best. I don't know if it's Always. going to be enough, but Always. you're going to see Will Routes. You're going to see you're going to see both quarterbacks. You're going to see a defensive effort even after what happened against LSU that you're like, where have these guys been? Um, but I, I still think it might be a 35 to 21 type game, I think. Probably for thirty-five to fourteen type I game. Guess, I think it's gonna be fourteen. I, I think I think this Florida offense is, is a lot like Auburn's offense right now. Mm-hmm. Like that, you know, they they're good in spurts, but they're really bad in other spurts. Yeah, and their really bad spurts are catastrophic, and and that's kind of where Florida is right now. Um, yeah, they have inconsistencies in quarterback. 
Yeah. If Florida throws it um, to the Georgia defenders and they turn the ball over and they don't play clean, this game could absolutely turn to a blowout really, really quick. Florida absolutely has to play clean. Now, the question is, knowing that they have to play clean and knowing the pieces you have at quarterback, how do you make that happen and still be dangerous down the field, which you have to do against the Kirby Smart defense? Uh, It's interesting. and There's a ton of problems right now um, for the Florida offense. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be able to have opportunities to throw down the field unless those guys are on the run because those those their offensive line is struggling in pass protection. You know, the, the Adam Andersons and Nolan Smiths of the world and Jordan Davis are going to be chasing those quarterbacks all over the place. There's going to be some things that those guys have that those guys are going to get. It's going to be like DJ Ungulale. They might break one of these two quarterbacks or both. Like they're just going to. It's just. I mean, it's going to be brutal. Um, if if they get going now, if Florida can find something that they can exploit and get down, if they can have a little success down the field, then great, they can settle in and have a really nice game. But if if they let Georgia's defense get amped up, man, it's ball game. Yeah. Also, real quick, not to go ACC after dark, but going from DJ Ukulele to who their next quarterback is when they change it, when you don't even try to pronounce his name. It's like phosphate or something like that. And it's like, it it literally feels like Clemson's trolling all broadcasters. They go from, uh, they go from a, uh, a Hawaiian instrument to uh, the periodic table. Yeah. It's like, what is going on? Now starting the periodic table. Um, So yeah, I Clemson, man. Wow. They do they miss ETN? Do they miss their big offensive lineman? That's brutal. Um, I believe they're the only one that hasn't scored twenty points against a power five opponent this season. Yikes! Wow. And uh, they were they were tied with they were tied with Kansas, but Kansas put twenty three on Oklahoma or whatever. <laughs> and and they have played they have played Georgia Tech and Syracuse, mm-hmm. and they still. That's pretty sad. But they um, also helped Kenny Pickett's um, Heisman campaign. So They absolutely <laughs> did. Yeah, they absolutely did. Mm. Mullen needs to turn Anthony Richardson loose. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Absolutely, he does. Um, also, John Davis has a question. It says, roll top roll. Any update on Chris Allen? Stacy said he's most likely out for the remainder of the season. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, he, he, he is. Okay. That's brutal. What's up, John? John, what's going on, man? What's going on? Uh, John Davis, yeah, AR-15. It, it's it, it's time. Yeah. But I hope they don't figure that out until next week. Um, and I hope they don't figure out that Grantham is not a great defensive coordinator until next week. Next yeah. week, you can fire him. This week, don't fire him. Oh, week, also, before we go, since Todd Grantham's weak, weakness defensively is the deep ball, and you guys are so thin at wide receiver, I mean, it's obviously it's obviously a game that you want JT Daniels, but, I mean, is this going to be a Lad McConkey show? Is this going to be a um, the kid from Nashville? I mean, who who is the guy that's going to step up this week? Because you have to attack that defense vertically. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, all of the above, and Brock Bowers. It's going to be their show, and Darnell Washington is back, so he's 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 been back for a few games now. Um, James Cook is going to be one of those guys. Uh, Justin Robinson, uh, I think Arian Smith is is due back. Uh, Marcus Rosemary Jackson, I think, is due back too. Um, that you could see what about get in the mix. Burton? I haven't heard much on Jermaine, um, but uh, I think he's still kind of. I think, the, I think there's still kind of a waiting game on him. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's got to be the A.D. Mitchell show. It's got to be the Brock Bauer show. It's got to be Lad McConkey, baby, which those three pieces have, have scored a lot of points so far. So why not keep going with that? So. Um, yeah, is the I'm, is the rumor tr- is the rumor true that um, if Georgia makes the playoff, George Pickens might be back? I've heard that rumor. He's working out, so um, he's moving around. He's participating a little bit in practice and individual drills and working on the side with uh, Ron Corson and the training staff. So it's possible. I, I don't know. I mean, that's the goal, but I, I don't know if it's. Uh, I, I don't know how realistic it is, but that that's his goal. That's what they're working towards, yeah. Him even with shoulder pads on in that game is going to force the defense to shade his way, which is even going to open up Jermaine Burton, Lad McConkey. No guy, those guys on the outside and th- and, and to make it, them even more effective. And if he comes back, it'll be a freakish, freakish recovery. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I hope he does. I hope he can pull it off, but we'll, we'll see. He's working towards that right now, though. Um, does cousin Eddie is cousin Eddie coaching Florida in 2022? I, I, I don't think, I don't think they had the balls to fire him and I don't think he's going to the NFL. So yeah, he will be. I don't think they have the money to fire him at this point. Yeah. They just, I think they're kind of just stuck with him. Mm. Now it'd be a huge favor to Florida if he, if he decided to jump ship and go to USC, which that ain't going to happen. There's no way, but, I don't know. Crazier things have happened. But, oh, um, let's do a little Big Ten after dark um, real quick. James Franklin says that he is completely focused on Illinois this week. And he's not interested in the LSU or USC job but because he is completely focused on Illinois. The problem is he played Ohio State this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's focused on that uh, overtime <laughs> loss last week. He can't get past it. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he's definitely la- yeah. laser. Yeah, you got me. <laughs> how, how embarrassing was that game? They went into nine overtimes and only scored a combined 38 points. It's, it's that, the most Big Ten game ever. Yeah. <laughs> well, after the third overtime, they go to the, the basically the two-point conversion shootout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's uh, they, yeah. God Almighty, it's a, yeah. Just replace Penn State with Wisconsin or, or Iowa, and you've got the ultimate Big Ten story. The fact that it was Penn State actually kind of affects it, and makes it look better than it was. It was a horrible game, absolutely horrible. Yeah, I mean Indiana's they're Michael Pittock's Illinois, Illinois fell off yeah. a cliff. Uh, yeah, I'm so focused on Illinois too. <laughs> um, yeah, Illinois, Burt Bielema. Did you see that formation where they had nine offensive linemen all in a straight line? Yeah, that was very Stanford like 10 years ago. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, you just look at it, it's like, come on, you're doing this for show. This this isn't real. <laughs> There's no way. And, and he had like seven of them on one side. 
Yeah. It's like, come on, man. Um, John says to me, the whole switching agents to Jimmy Sexton means he's jumping ship to USC or maybe LSU. And it's already a done deal. Talking about James Franklin um, because he's completely focused on Illinois this week. And yeah, I, I would agree. You don't change agents unless you want to get out. Dan Mullen changed agents to Jimmy Sexton to get out and go to Florida to get the Florida mm-hmm. job. So I, I completely agree. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised. I I don't think it's a great hire for USC, but um, I I, th- I think it might be LSU. James Franklin back in the SEC. Yeah, I I think there's absolutely I, a chance he would take that LSU job. I, I don't do not overlook LSU in this situation. I feel like they can do better though. No, I don't know. See what the the um thing that everybody needs to take into account is the fact that these schools are fairly broke because of the COVID stuff last year. They're mm-hmm. still operating in a whole. It's not business as usual right now. And that's the reason somebody like Shane Beamers, the head coach at South Carolina, because they had enough money to raise for the buyout, but they didn't have enough money for the next guy. So they had to find an economical approach to kind of go. And LSU's going to run into that. They got rid of Ed Ordron. They're going to pay him $19 million. And now it's going to be now what? They're they're gonna dig up they're gonna dig up some cause and they're gonna get out of it. But yeah. um but you still got to pay you still got to pay James Franklin. Yeah. I, yeah. I you know, I th- I think you're getting another overpriced dude. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna go bargain bin shopping, get go get Billy Napier. He probably doesn't command as much money as James you Franklin. See, you see LSU they ego the ego will not allow them to hire Louisiana Lafayette's head coach. Yeah, that would be like Alabama, uh, like um, the Hiring coach Bill at UAB, yeah, Bill Clark to replace Nick Saban. Ego is just going to get in that way. Yeah, like go bargain bin shopping and get Will Healy. I mean, the fact that people know that the universe that UNC Charlotte has a football program is credit to Will Healy. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. Like, Will Healy should have been hired at Vanderbilt, personally. Um, but, like, if you're going to go bargain, like, if you're going to go bargain bin shopping, like, get somebody like that, man, like, that you don't have to pay a ton of money to. Like, they're going to have to pay a ton of money to James Franklin. And what did he show? That he got beat, what was it, 13 to 10 and, and nine overtimes against Illinois, who he's still focused on this week. I mean, <laughs> like, like you're, you're going you're gonna to pay $7 million, $7 million a year for that. Listen, like, no. Um, in 2013, I think it was 2013, I was embedded with James Franklin. I saw how he treated the media. I saw how he did and the, the way he glad handed everything that was going on. I was embedded the whole signing day with that class and, and just saw it up close and personal what was going on. You can see why James Franklin is successful. But the problem is James Franklin has given up the thing that made him successful at Vanderbilt to try and be a head coach. And that w- that is going to whatever the offensive coordinator and give them um, the way to go. Because when he was at Vandy, they were running the Ralph Friedgen system. They were doing Ralph Friedgen stuff. And they were hyper successful. If he would get back to that, they would be hyper successful again because the stuff about promoting his program and all the stuff outside – he gets an A for that. 
if he would just allow himself to be the talent um, on the offensive side of the ball, they would start winning at a very, very high level. But for some reason, he will not do that. He's got an ego now. Like he had a chip on his shoulder. Now he's got an ego because mm-hmm. he's at the big, bad Penn State. Which, is, which have- was his dream job. Yep. People need to remember that as well. Yeah. Yeah. He, he a, a little bit of snake oil salesman here. Uh, a little bit of shades of that. So Ooh, John um, John um Delon says he thinks that Woodward goes with Chris Peterson before he goes with Billy Napier at LSU. Chris, Chris Peterson would be interesting. I'd like to see what he can do in the SEC. He ain't coming back though. He 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 left. He's I guarantee he's just happy where what he's doing. I don't think Chris Peterson's coming back. I don't think he's coming back for a for an East Coast job or for an SEC job. He's a West Coast guy, I think. Yeah, he says that um, Napier is making appearances on Baton Rouge radio shows, and he's lobbing him for the LSU job. Yeah, I mean that's obvious. This is the one he's been waiting on. It's obviously the one that he's been waiting on. He's been turning down job after job after job to get this job. But yep. like I said, ego comes into play again. Ego is not their amigo. What about Jamie Chadwell? Like, who's going to go out of the box and hire that guy? Oh, South Carolina should have hired him. Yeah, they they screwed up. They could yeah, afford sh- him. Yeah, they should have absolutely gone after that guy. Oh, let's do a little sunbelt after dark. Ah, a little belt. Yeah, they did a little bit of expanding, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, Southern Miss and Old Dominion are confirmed and announced by the conference. They say that Marshall and James Madison is going to take the step to move up. So that's four teams. Ooh. Yeah, whoever is the commissioner of the Sunbelt Conference needs to absolutely be at the top of the list for anybody else because he's done a fantastic job. And that conference, whenever it's all said and done, has a chance to be what the American was. Mm-hmm. That's a good Absolutely, point. that's a that's a great addition. I love the JMU uh, addition. I think they're going to bring another element to that conference. They've needed to move up for quite some time. They've dominated FCS long enough. Sun Belt has that invitation. They've done it with App State. They've done it with Georgia Southern. Now, done it with Coastal. Done it with Coastal. Coastal. And now it is uh, JMU's turn. It's going to be a tough. That's going to be a tough conference. Man, that that is going to be a tough conference. Oh my goodness! I'm not so the, sure the, the mustard the, buzzards don't want to stay in the the conference USA after those editions. <laughs> yeah, I, the fun belt is going to be the fun belt, and I'm looking yeah. forward to that. And I hope they stay on Wednesday nights because that is that I can actually watch them. Go ahead, Jeff. I was going to say it's hard to think of the Sun Belt Conference as a good football, but it is something mm-hmm. I'm going to want to see after this. Absolutely, yeah. I like James Madison a lot. I'm, I'm glad they're finally moving up. Mm-hmm. They've got some. They've got some programs, man. Yeah. Um, and I think North Dakota State ought to join the Big Twelve. Like they probably they probably come in as favorites. I mean, Chris Kleiman, <laughs> no, you know, he, Chris Kleiman made the jump to Kansas State. They, that whole program should have just made the jump. I mean, shit, they'll 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 come in immediately day one and be middle of the pack at worst. That that's what the Mountain West should do. They should go get North Dakota um, State. They should go get South Dakota State. They should go get North Dakota and just take them all and just do get their um, expansion up to 16, 17, 18 teams. Get Eastern Washington too. 
Yeah. I mean, that's their geographic footprint. And UC Davis, Weber State, get all those schools, man. Southern Utah. Just absorb the entire big sky, plus mm-hmm. North Dakota State, South Dakota State. Like, it, like if I'm if I'm the Big Twelve, I go after Missouri Valley, absorb them, because that's some good good football. There's some good teams there. If I'm the if I'm Pac-12, if I'm uh, Mountain West, if I'm Pac-12, I absorb some of the top of the Mountain West, like San Diego State, Boise State. Um. And if I'm the Mountain West, I absorb some of the big sky. Uh, obviously, obviously, Fun Belt is doing the same in the uh, on the East Coast. They're 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 raiding the Colonial, so that'll be fun. Uh, Monmouth will will be excited that that uh, that that James Madison is gone, but uh, not to go FCS after dark. Okay, well, no, we need to do Conference USA after dark now because what's because going to happen? What, there's four or five teams that the Sun Belt doesn't want because they left the Sun Belt for Conference USA and there's bad blood. Where are those guys going to end up? Because it's teams like Louisiana Tech, Middle Tennessee, Western Kentucky. Those guys are the ones that are in danger of being completely left out in the cold. Yeah, because they burned some bridges. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess the American would probably maybe just absorb them or they just beg for forgiveness from the Sun Belt. I don't know. That's yeah, you might question. you might see them take a on the Sun Belt. Just says, okay, we'll take you as well. This is going to bring us up to eighteen teams, but we'll take you as well. But for the first three years, you're going to take a half share. Hmm. Something like that. Just just a way for the Sun Belt to get their pound of flesh for what those schools did to the Sun Belt back in the day. Mm-hmm. The Sun Belt's got the last laugh, and I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Is UAB part of Conference USA still? Uh, they got accepted by the American, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're going along, to American. Along with like UTSA and Houston. Uh, no, Houston's going to the Big 12. It's a mess. Uh, I'll yeah. just feel like that. It's a mess. Mm-hmm. Memphis, I think. Memphis is going somewhere. Um, I thought they were. Maybe they're not. Um, they're just in the American. Yeah, I thought they. Uh, for some reason, I thought they were going Big Twelve, but not. Maybe they didn't get accepted yet. But um, so, guys, shall we get into our picks now? Picks. picks. Let's get in our picks. All right. Let's see here. Okay, guys. Jake, I'll start with you because you're the guest. You are our associate producer. You're not a guest. Um, <laughs> Missouri minus 16 on the road at Vanderbilt. Going to be a lot of black and gold in the stadium. Not sure who it's going to be rooting for. Uh, Jake? Mm-hmm. Probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. M- Missouri, they, they should cover this easily. Vanderbilt is just atrocious at the moment. So Missouri is probably going to win by 20, 23, 24 points. Jeb? Yeah, I'm I'm not taking Vanderbilt anymore. I'm sorry. It's, they burned me too many times. And Missouri's actually got a pretty decent offense, so I'm, yeah. I'm going to go Missouri. Steve? And, and Missouri, um, just take this for whatever you want to take. Missouri has given up an average of 285 yards a game on the ground. It's the worst rushing defense I've ever seen, and I'm still taking Missouri to cover in this game. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm – 
<laughs> I'm taking Mizzou. Vanderbilt's just pitiful. They really are. They are pitiful. Oh, I've got everybody here. We're doing pigs and everything. But um, before the Egg Bowl, right, um, mm-hmm. five days before Ole Miss and State both play, Ole Miss plays Vanderbilt at home. Mississippi State plays Tennessee State at home. Who has the tougher game? <laughs> Vandy. <laughs> Teddy George, man. He's going to coach circles around Clark Lee. Plus, that team will have already quit. So that'll be an interesting, interesting matchup. Uh, don't don't sleep on, on, on TSU now. Um, our next game, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, which we talked in depth about. Uh, UGA minus 14 against Florida in Jacksonville. Jake? Yeah, uh, me and Steven talked off the air before we started. Uh, I feel like this could be close at half, but in the second half, you know, it, it, it'd be a blowout. So I think that uh, Florida, or actually, I think Georgia covers easily. I don't know. I, a team maybe like Alabama with a great offensive line and a big bruising back might be able to do something here, but I just don't see Florida kind of lives on that running game right now, and I don't see them being able to run on Georgia at all. I think Georgia's going to run away with this one. I agree. I think we're going to make it a clean sweep, right, Steve? Oh, yeah, we're absolutely going to take that because I'm going to take – no matter who Georgia's taking, I'm taking Georgia in the points the rest of the season. Absolutely. There you go. That's a good rule to live by. Mm-hmm. That's a dangerous rule to live by uh, in years past, but it's 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 a good rule to live by right now. This is the championship game against Alabama. Hey, you got – I'm just kidding. You ain't got to answer that now. Georgia in the points. Yes. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know who I'm taking, Jake? War Eagle, no. Um <laughs> Okay. Speaking speak of War Eagle, uh, Ole Miss travels to the Plains. Uh, Matt Corral invades the Plains. Auburn is three-point favorites at home. Yeah, I feel like this is easy money. Jake, how do you see it? Yeah, I, Ole Miss, uh, I, I mean, my, my hatred for Auburn runs deep. Uh, I, I, would, I wasn't wearing a blue shirt tonight, but I couldn't find one in time. Just kind of matched the uh, Ole Miss colors, but uh, yeah, I, I hope Ole Miss curve stomps them. So, sure. mm-hmm. all right. How do you really feel, <laughs> Jeb? Curb stomp. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah, curb stomp. <laughs> Kirby, get it, get it, get it. Uh, <laughs> hey. Hey. Auburn, to me, seems to kind of find themselves found themselves a little bit here recently. I think Auburn's a good team, but Ole Miss is just they're playing. Just great football right now. They had they, you know, they got beat by Alabama, and I think they had kind of a rough week after that, just getting over Arkansas, maybe over that beating. But they still were able to beat Arkansas. They were solid against Tennessee. They were great against LSU. I think I, I think Ole Miss is going to win this. One. Let, let me say something real quick. Okay. I, I, the reason I want Ole Miss to win is because if if Auburn goes on to win, they're probably going to be nine and three when they play Alabama. And Alabama versus nine and three Auburn team had Jordan Hare. It's Struggleville. I mean, there, there's Juju. There's all that crap. So we just need to go ahead and, and take care of that right now, Stephen. So so get you wait, guys wait. ready. <laughs> Ju- Juju's playing for Auburn now? No. no <laughs> oh, I, I was going to say, that's an upgrade, man. <laughs> we, we, we call him Auburn Jesus because something all, some kind of miracle always happens to Jordan Hare against Alabama. You know, yeah, we, we, we talk about the horseshoe up Auburn's ass. <laughs> they have one. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. They have Speaking one. Of, Trust yeah, me. I, 
I'm taking Ole Miss as well. This is a game, though, honestly, if Auburn can win by thir- three touchdowns or Ole Miss won by three touchdowns, or if it was five points either direction, I would not be surprised. Um, but I'm taking Ole Miss in this game. Yeah, I'm taking Ole Miss, too. They're just too explosive. I, I think they found a little bit of defense now. I think they can get after the quarterback. And if if you hit Bo Nix once, he's going to get happy feet and see ghosts and throw balls with no pressure that he thinks is there. So I'm taking the Rebs. Uh, Kentucky, basically a pick em at Mississippi State. That's a very interesting line considering where Kentucky is and considering where Mississippi State is. Jake? I'm going to pick Kentucky, but, I mean, it, like you said, it's a pick em. Uh Mississippi State has played a lot better here recently. Um, of course, they ran into Alabama and looked like garbage. But, um, you know, it, it, but, but before that, they – they, they have looked a little bit better. But Kentucky, I mean, they're, they're, they're a really good team. I mean, they ran up against Georgia, but other than that, they, they should have a clean slate from here on out to, to win and be 11-1 potentially. Jeb? Yeah, I agree. It's, it's close because Kentucky's had a week off to rest. Mississippi mm-hmm. State played Vanderbilt, so same thing. Uh, <laughs> and really – Honestly, uh, I like. I think Kentucky's just a little bit better of a team, so I'm going with them to cover this one. But it's it, it could be, it could go either way. I'm going with Steve. I think I'm gonna be on an island when I say this. Kentucky's gonna win big. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't think Mississippi State has an answer for Wandell Robinson and Chris Rodriguez and Josh Ali. I, I don't think they have an answer for any of that. I think Kentucky's defense is outstanding. Like yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know that I don't know that Mississippi State's gonna have any answers for for any of that. They're favored, by, they're favored by a point and a half. Just do the money line at this point. Money line, Kentucky. Yeah. Um, I, 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 Kentucky's going to win big. They're going to win two and a half points. Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> I think, no I, I, I'm thinking this game is a 24 to 7 type game. Yeah. K- Kentucky's going to get a couple of transition baskets. And, you know, I think there's going to be some threes that they're going to hit. And, oh, wait. Wrong sport. <laughs> um, ah, no, no. My problem is I I don't know enough about the X's and O's. I can't tell with Mike Leach's system when he's going to have a great week and when he's not. So that's why I always have trouble picking Mississippi State because I don't. You know, some weeks they just come out and look great throwing the ball all over the place, and some weeks just some teams shut them completely down. It, it's all it's all about disrupting the timing from the quarterback position. If you can get him off his spot and disrupt his timing even in the slightest bit, they struggle. Like it's a timing based offense. It's a one two three throw to a spot. And, if, and and do not play man coverage. That's the DB, trap that AM fell into. Do not DBs play man can coverage. Reroute, if, if DBs can reroute in zone coverage and, and get those guys just even off their track just a little bit, again, throwing off the timing is the key to the air raid offense um, and, and not giving them any holes to throw into. So uh, we go outside the conference. Uh, game day is going to be at, in East Lansing. Michigan comes comes in to take on what is actually a low-key, a pretty big rivalry, but you would never know it because, you know, ESPN pumps Michigan, Ohio State like they do Red Sox, Yankees. Um, Michigan State playing really, really good football right now under Mel Tucker. I, I think Mel Tucker is a, a is a viable candidate. I think he would be a better option than James Franklin at LSU if you really want to know my honest opinion. Um, but uh, they host Michigan who has a great rushing attack right now. They're playing some really dynamic football uh, defensively. They're playing 
really, really tough. This is the best team they've had, I think, since 06, where they were ranked number two in the country for a long time until they got shellacked by Ohio State. Uh, Jake, how do you see this one? I think with the being at East Lansing, you know, Michigan State's got the advantage. Uh, you know, it seems like uh, Harbaugh finally has a quarterback for his top system. He hadn't had that, and uh, they've been playing a lot better. Like you said, they got a good rushing attack, but but Michigan State, they're, they're on a roll this year. They, they look really good under Mel Turker, so uh, I, I, I'm going to give them the edge here. And I just haven't been paying enough attention to Miss Michigan State, it didn't appear. I've been watching Michigan a little bit, though, and they have looked really good, so. Mm-hmm. I'm going with them just because I've watched them. I've seen them. I know what they look like, and I don't know that much about Michigan State. Steve? Yeah, um, I'm going to say, give the credit to the next coach at LSU, Mel Tucker, and <laughs> the Michigan State Spartans to um, get the win in East Lansing. So Michigan State has been good. This is the point of the season where the Big Ten starts chewing each other up. Ohio State, Penn State right now, Michigan, Michigan State. It's a chance for a team that's saying 9 and 10 or 10 in the country if they keep winning games to consistently move up to the point where that Auburn-Alabama game is oh so important. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm going Michigan here. I just think – uh, they're rushing attack, and they're just overwhelming right now. Defensively, they make it tough, and I think they're going to get good enough quarterback play. I think they're on a roll. That has to account for something. You know, um, Walker's a great running back for Michigan State, almost almost 1,000 yards there, but uh, Michigan has a good one-two punch, and McNamara's playing outstanding at the quarterback position. So uh, give me the Wolverines here. I'm probably going to regret that because every time I – seems like every time I start to say, oh, Michigan's looking pretty good – they come flying down to earth and face plant. So, but I'm gonna take the Wolverines here, and then come back and eat my crow next week. Yeah, I learned that the Michigan helmets are actually when I buy them, they come in the yellow, and the sticker is actually the blue part. That's the part that's painted in there. It's a little little bit of an interesting factoid. Yeah. Hmm. Did you know that David Green and David Pollock played pee wee football together? Yeah. I bet yeah. you. If you I, did, did you know John Rice Plumley <laughs> plays baseball and the piano? Oh, does he? Oh, I never do that. I never do that. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. It's a fun fact. Yeah. Um, if you watch CBS for four years of uh, in a row, you would know the, the, the fact about David Green and David Pollock. Uh, did you know that Reggie Nelson plays uh, the, the deep middle safety as, as kind of like a robber? <laughs> did, you, did you know that uh, Vern Lundquist, the first name on, his, on the tip of his tongue is always Tim Tebow? <laughs> Wow, Tebow, uh, Vern. This is uh, this is Kentucky versus Mississippi State. Oh, no, this is, that would have been a, that would not have been a CBS game. No, no, this is LSU versus somebody, but it's LSU. not Kentucky and Mississippi State. <laughs> that is SEC <laughs> Network three o'clock written all over it. As Jazz Jefferson Pilot, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Speaking of Jefferson Pilot, Penn State. Um, traveling to Ohio State, traveling to the shoe, Ohio State minus 18 and a half. Uh, Jake, are you on the Ohio State bandwagon, or do you think the future head coach at USC can get it done? After that pitiful game last week, I don't think Penn State can score. There's still kind of questions of if Clipper is 100% healthy. Uh, they, they struggled offensively. And Ohio State last couple of weeks have looked a lot better offensively. So I think uh, Ohio State covers. 
Yeah, Jeb. Yeah. No, Ohio State has looked really good, so I understand that. Although I will say, I think James Franklin that that performance last week was pretty bad. If he really wants one of these jobs, he needs to audition a little better. I say he hasn't been any better this week, and at least covers. Uh, he's 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 getting you know preparing for Illinois, not for Ohio State. So <laughs> once he figures out which team he's playing, he's going to play well. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to take Penn State to hold their own and cover against Illinois. This weekend, they're locked in. They're focused. They're going to be able to cover. I don't know how Illinois is an 18-and-a-half-point favorite, but whatever. They're going to be – a Penn State's going to be able to pull that off. Well, Jake went 9-1 to last week, so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I might follow his lead, but I, I think Ohio State is just too explosive. They're going to win by three touchdowns. This game's going to be ugly. Give me, give me the Buckeyes. Um, all right, we go into the American, the Battle of Texas, sort of. Um, Houston hosts SMU. Uh, it's basically a pick them, but I guess they're giving the home team a little bit of credit. I'm not buying it. I think it's a clean sweep for all of us. Jake, why do you like SMU? Uh, they're playing incredible right now, and uh, they're having a great run. And, uh, I mean, they may be the only team that can challenge Cincinnati here in a couple of weeks. So that's going to be a fun game if both teams are undefeated. That is going to be – and. Uh, extremely important matchup, especially for uh, Cincinnati uh, for playoff implications. And maybe SMU, if they do get the, uh, a victory over the number two team, who knows what they could do. But I think SMU will win easily. Yeah, I agree. Outside of Texas, uh, the uh, initial stumble that uh, uh, Houston had there against Texas Tech, outside of that, they've played really well this season too. But SMU has just been better from what I've seen. And I admit I've not watched every game, but from what I've seen, SMU's playing good football. So I'm I'm definitely taking that. I think you're looking at the future head coach at Texas Tech University, uh, Sonny Dykes, baby. Um, if you really want a glimpse into SMU's program, ESPN Plus does have a series that follows them. Check it out. Uh, but I'm buying I'm buying the Mustangs here. I, I think they're they're rolling, man. Uh, I, I really like the way they're playing. Uh, Texas. Wait, 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 real quick. You didn't do me. Um, I'm taking SMU as well. But one thing to one thing to know about this game is the year after SMU got the death penalty when Forrest Gregg and the guys were coaching the team, Houston beat SMU. That that was a run and shoot team. Andre Ware's team. They beat SMU ninety-four to seventeen. Wow. Hmm. This is a game that SMU has not forgotten over the years. Every chance they get to get Houston, that 94-17 to 17 pops up, and now SMU has a chance to really pop them. And I think that SMU is going to be able to maybe start to atone for that post-death um, penalty game. Yeah. That, would be, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Texas, uh, the Longhorns travel to Baylor. Baylor's three-point favorites at home. I think the best thing Baylor could do is let Texas get about a 17-point lead at halftime. That would guarantee that Baylor could come back and win. Jake, how do you feel? Yeah, I think Baylor's playing, you know, one of the best balls in the country right now in Texas. I mean, they may get up huge, but they cannot hold a lead. So, uh, I think Baylor is is definitely going, going to cover here. I think this is the week that Texas finally surprises a ranked team and actually wins the game. It's well outside of you know, maybe Lafayette the first week or something like that. But <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is about Texas I like this year because 
you know, the, their loss to Arkansas, you know, I was surprised by that. And it, a lot of people were, but, but then Arkansas turned out to be a really good program. After that, I mean, Oklahoma, like you said, getting up early seems to be really just a death knell for them. I don't understand it. Uh, I, they're not as thin as they like just two. they just don't know any better. Texas doesn't yeah. know any better. Yeah, it's a, I, maybe I feel bad for them. I don't know what they it don't is, but I like yet. this team and I, I want them to win. So I'm picking Texas. Steve? Yeah, I'm going to go with Barry um, Baylor. Um, Jerry, Gary Bohannon. Um, Gary, I don't, I don't know the first name exactly, how to pronounce it. It's either Jerry or Gary. It's very Parks and Rec of me. Um, <laughs> um, but he's an excellent underrated quarterback. Jerry, and, Gary. yeah, these guys are pretty good. And Dave Aranda is calling all the right shots. And I think that he's a dark horse for the LSU job. I think they love Joe. Um, um, Dave Aranda and Baton Rouge, and they were kind of want to build him a mental statue. And so, if this game, if this turns into a circus, he could be the fallback pick. The best thing Bill Browse did, the best thing Jeff Levy did, the best thing all the guys did was get it out of that cesspool of Wake, Texas. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Dave Aranda, I hope he gets to Baton Rouge. He's too good of a coach to be at Baylor. Um, that being said, Baylor is amazing right now. Um, they're playing really, really good football. Texas, again, they're playing. They they just quite haven't shaken the stink off of the Tom Herman era. Tom Herman was a really weird guy. When you talk about just a weird, odd character, like just like creepily odd, that's what Texas has been living with for the last four or five seasons uh, with, with Tom Herman. And they just haven't shaken that yet. And And they play like it. Like they play like. In the first half, they play like, hey, Coach Sark is our coach. We're aggressive. We're creative. We're explosive. We can do some things. And then they kind of revert back to, oh, well, we're not that good. We don't know what to think. And we're just kind of in a weird state of mind. And then they just fall apart. Um, B. John Robinson is one of my favorite players in the country. Love him. But you can't win with just B. John Robinson. That's why I'm taking Baylor here. Baylor has got a more complete team. Baylor is a dark horse there. Uh, and Dave Aranda could potentially, if Mel Tucker does not follow through, could potentially be the next. He's probably the second choice uh, outside of Mel. I think Tucker's front runner, if you ask me. All right. Uh, Virginia travels uh, to BYU to take on the Cougs. Cougs are three point favorites at home in Provo. Um, Jake. Yeah, I think I think BYU bounces back. They lost a tough one last week, uh, and uh, I think they bounce back. They, them guys are, are tough at home. We always we we do kid around at work. Uh, some buddies of mine said, so, you know, the Normans are pretretty pretty tough at home. So, uh, you know, we uh, I, I think they bounce back and uh, they they cover this week. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think uh, Virginia's had actually a better season than I thought they would. They, they've mm-hmm. played pretty well, but. But I think BYU is the stronger team, so I, I agree. I think I see them bouncing back and winning this week. Did y'all know that Mr. Jefferson's University is the fastest offense in all of college football? Faster than Tennessee? Yes, faster than Tennessee. I think wow. they're going to um, use their tempo to their advantage and get out of Provo with a win, although I do like um, – Are they more powerful than a locomotive? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Le- leaping tall buildings in a single bound, um, but they they they're doing quite well. Bronco Mendenhall, yeah, 
Yeah. Which obviously this game is a contractually obligated game. They had to put this on there whenever Bronco went to UVA. Um, mm-hmm. This was probably in regards to a buyout or sometime. But I, I, I like I like the um, Wahoos in this game. Okay. All right. I'm taking BYU. Uh, again, I'm 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 in favor of Kalani Sataki. I think any chance he gets to showcase his talent uh, for that USC job, I I think it would be really interesting to see him get it. I'd be really interesting for the Polynesian community as well if uh, if he was able to get it. So um, I'm rooting for BYU. I, I I like them. They're kind of my Mountain West team this year that I really have latched onto. So I'm taking the Cougs here. I, I really like the style of play uh, they bring. I, I think they're a little bit more physical. Then the Wahoos, so I'm, uh, that's why I'm taking the Cougs. Last, maybe certainly least, maybe not least, I'm not sure. Um, when it comes to offense, yes, definitely least. When it comes to defense, I was pretty damn good. Wisconsin is just in the tank right now. But Wisconsin and Camp Randall is good, good enough to be three-point favorites. Uh, I feel like this possibly, again, I don't know if this is a trap. I don't know if you should take my advice. I did go six and four last week, but um, Iowa – they got to find some offense somewhere. Brian Ferentz, I, I don't know if he's the good, I don't know if he's the dude, uh, but they've got to find some offense somewhere. Do they find it this week, Jake? Well, I'm going to pick them, and I hope they do. But yeah, you know, Wisconsin is tough at home, but this has another one of the Big Ten type games where it could be like a seven three, ten seven, whatever type game. It just feels like that because both offenses have struggled and, and it's it could be a snooze fest but <laughs> I, I think Iowa does enough to, to cover yeah I'm not sure why Wisconsin is favored in this one unless it's just that big of a home field advantage or maybe they just match up real well with Iowa I'm not sure but Iowa I think is playing better football right now so I'm taking them to, to win that game mm-hmm. yeah I I was going to, um, at the end of the third quarter, wave at a non-existent children's hospital, and Wisconsin's going to do jump around, and I'm going I'm going to enjoy the jump around, and I'm going to take Wisconsin in this game. Uh, yeah. I <laughs> jump around. Uh, funny story about Wisconsin. Uh, for, uh, the, the two guys I do illegal motion with and and uh, the guy that uh, hosts Believe in Badgers, Believe in Badgers uh, podcast. He hosts that with the Hebrew hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. Um, check that show out if you if you don't if you, if you if you need a Big Ten show if you want to if you want to get outside the conference for a minute and, and get into the Big Ten. That's a really really good show. I'm trying to convince my friend Josh to do an Iowa show. I think that would be interesting, intriguing. But um, when you look at Wisconsin, uh, when somebody gets injured, no matter what the injury is, severe or not severe. The student section would start screaming, shoot him like a horse, shoot him like a horse, shoot him like a horse. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Big, Ten, okay, so Big Ten football, that. folks. <laughs> he told me that, and I was like, oh, my God. Speaking wow. of Big Ten football, this is Big Ten after dark. Has anybody heard from Minnesota in like five weeks? Yeah, they're surging, man. They're rolling. They got beat by who? Like Bowling Green or something like that? And then after that, they went on tear. They went on an absolute tear. They've been destroying people. Yeah, but that's kind of like, um, and other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the show? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're they're rowing the freaking boat. I think they yeah. I think they upended North. I, let me let me. You guys talk about something, and I'll uh, I'll look that up there. Talk about something, anything. Let's let's talk about how the, how's the weather, folks? Yeah. <laughs> 
Minnesota it's, plays it's, Northwestern this week, by the way. Okay. They beat the holy, you know what, out of Maryland last week. Yeah, Maryland's kind of um, fallen off the falling off mm-hmm. um, the cliff. Um, they how, beat, how do you pronounce his first name? Talia, 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 Talia. yeah, Talia, Talia, or something like that. Talia, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Come on, Jake, you should know that. Um, yeah. Minnesota beat Nebraska two weeks ago. Well, everybody uh, is Nebraska. That's true. <laughs> uh, they were off week six, uh, and they beat Purdue. Who beat Iowa? So uh-huh. Minnesota's better than Iowa. Um, and then this was the week that they lost to Bowling Green. Uh, so ever since week four, they've been on a freaking tear. Um, so PJ Fleck, the next head coach at USC. Everybody's <laughs> the next head coach at USC. Pretty much. The only Got thing, it. the only thing that I'd be willing to bet on is that Sonny Dykes is going to be the next head coach at um, Texas Tech. I would be, bet on that one because of Spike Dykes and the legacy of that family um, in Lubbock. Mm-hmm. Like if, if if I'm if I'm Texas Tech, I throw the freaking bank at it, or I go apologize to Cliff Kingsbury and say, "You want to come back?" Yeah, uh, he's, he's, yeah, he's in the NFL. Yeah, Arizona's yeah. killing it in the NFL right now. He ain't leaving. No, he's he's t- like who would have thought he'd have turned more into an NFL guy? Yeah, I but I mean, he more. he did he did. He was in. The, he did kick around in the league for a few years. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not not completely foreign to him, and he did hang with Tom Brady for most of those years. So there's something to that. But uh, that's going to wrap it up for us here on uh, Sunbelt ACC Big Ten uh, MLB NBA After Dark uh, SEC After Dark. Um, but no, that's going to wrap us up uh, here on SEC After Dark, Jake. It was been a pleasure to have you. We should do this more often. Uh, the fourth amigo. Uh, I like this. I like this four shot here. Uh, unfortunately, it's going to be a three shot from here on out because I'm leaving to go to USC. I'm, going to be like, so to USC. So, I'm taking, I'm fun, taking your spot. Yeah, it's been real. <laughs> I'm taking a lot of terrain watch with me. Um, yeah. <laughs> so if, if you want to catch us, follow us, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, uh, Instagram. You can follow my shows, uh, Believe in Dogs. You can follow, uh, follow Jake here on uh, Tide Talk. Uh, also catch Jake and I on our respective shows, Beast of the East and Best of the West. Um, and, and tonight together we join forces to give you the best show on the planet, SEC After Dark. You can catch Steve. Yep. Earth, wind, fire. Nope. Um, and yes, we are a, a soul reggae band too. Um, but yeah, check us out. Uh, like, hit that hit that bell notification. Subscribe on YouTube. We are echoed all over the place. Uh, we are on uh, Willis Digital Media, home of the Palmcast, uh, which is actually killing it. This show yeah. is killing it. Best of the West is killing it. Beast of the East is killing it. We didn't have a show this week. We couldn't work out our schedules. But this will supplement uh, that show for this week. But uh, since we talked so heavy about the cocktail party, but. Um, so a lot, lot of great things, uh, a lot of great things in the offing. Uh, I'm, I'm excited at the direction of this, of this. Uh, we, the, the chat was, uh, chat was on fire today. I had a couple of names that I've never seen before. Yeah. So welcome. I hope you guys uh, pass the word on to your friends and say, hey, this ain't just an old Miss show. This is a uh, we talk MLB, we talk NBA, we talk NHL, we talk uh, we talk Sunbelt, we talk Sunbelt, uh, we talk Tottenham Hotspur. We talk. Uh, just kidding. We it's mostly SEC. <laughs> you have me on a lot more uh, with oh, so, wrestling because I love wrestling too. <laughs> yeah. So we have English Premier League after dark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, Everton, baby. Or actually, we could be like in English Premier League this morning for them because it's probably daylight for most of Europe. So, yep, there you go. Uh, the English Premier a brunch with no, we got to okay, we got to work that title. All right, so uh, most of my um, knowledge of that comes from Ted Lasso. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> it's a good resource. Um, so. Uh, for uh, for Steve and Jeb and Jake, I'm Corey Burton. This is SCC After Dark on Willis Digital Media. Hope you had as much fun as we do. Hope you have a great rest of your week and an even better weekend. We'll see you back here next week. Go dogs! Hotty toddy. Roll Tide, says Jake. Go Big Roll Orange. <laughs> war Eagle. Jake, don't say War Eagle. What what War Eagle? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.